Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. It's your host, Shabir, and welcome back to the Ilm Feed podcast. To give you some context for today's episode, I have uh, two very close friends of mine and uh, two people, mashallah, that have done a lot uh, at, at, at a very young age. Uh, two people who um, they have either they're in medical school or they've just graduated, mashallah, and, and so we can officially call one of them a doctor. And um, the focus isn't going to be on that. The focus in today's episode is going to be on how as young students, young Muslim students uh, studying such an intense program, being at university, um, how they took the initiative to get involved in, in different things, in different activities, in different um, projects, charity work, etc. How they made use of their time, how they were productive. Um, and we'll also be discussing uh, different tips, especially for those of you who are going to university soon or returning back to university. Um, some tips for you all as to perhaps, you know, what you can do different as a student and uh, how we can bounce back from things like failure and rejection. Uh, we've got, uh, honestly, there's so much to discuss today in today's episode. It's going to be a packed, packed show, but it gives me great pleasure to introduce my uh, two close friends that I've known over the years. We have uh, Dr. Naveed Khan, Thank you so much for having us. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for being here. And we also have the doctor in the making very soon, a few months, inshallah. We have my dear brother Zakaria. Rob, how are you? Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much to both of you for joining us. I know it's I know it's difficult to get doctors on the show, you know, like busy people, mashallah, saving lives. Um but yeah, how was how was the experience? Let's start with that. Um because I like I said before we started, I have no idea. Right about this whole medical school and what happens, right? Because all I know is it's a, it's a long course, it's a good six years of your life that's dedicated, and the training continues after that. Um, how's how's your experience been um, in in that in that field? Do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I think everyone has this perception where it's like you need to study twenty four seven, and I think I have that perception. I have the same <laughs> perception when I started. Yeah. Well, alhamdulillah, actually, from starting, you realize that is. Not as intense, I think, that is probably the best way to, really? to put it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Effectively, in that you can you can find time. Um, yeah. I think that I've seen that. Everyone <clears throat> finds a use from that time they have. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it is effect- still 9 till 5. You know, mm. there is time outside of that sure. where you can get up to, whether it's like Islamic society, you know, charity activities, sports, everyone mm. kind of finds something to do in, in that time. So it isn't as intense as people imagine it to be yeah but at the same time obviously it does take like you said a few years to get through the course of course there are many other courses it's not just medicine you've got dentistry you've got a few phd masters a lot of people are getting into now where they're having that long term Mm. kind of carrying on to postgraduate education as well okay Naveed would you agree with that it's not as intense (laughs) um I think I agree actually yeah it's not. And I think one of the best things is that we studied in London. Both of us studied in London, mm-hmm. went to large universities, and it meant that there was a lot going on. So even if mm. there wasn't something at your university or within the medical school, you'd look outside of that. And I think that plays a big part to our experiences yeah, and also the fact that we knew each other because I went to King's, he went to yeah. Mary Bart's, and otherwise we probably would not have met if he was in Sheffield and I was in Plymouth. Mm. It just yeah, wouldn't have yeah. happened. So it makes a big difference where you study as well. Yeah. And medicine itself is, I think, one aspect of the intensity means that you want to have something else. Mm. And the long term, the five or six years mean that you want to commit to something else as well because mm. you know that you're there for a while. 
yeah. so you can get a lot more out of your time. Is it difficult to get into? I th- yeah, medicine I th- in general. Yeah, I, yeah, it's can difficult. I can I put an application in and? Yeah, you could. And my, my skills are I can speak a bit of Arabic and I can host a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but in general, like, is it is it is it very difficult, competitive? Because again, that's the image that I have. That's the perception I have. That really but I difficult think to I think we'll, maybe we'll talk more about this later on as well. But everyone <clears throat> on this earth has a certain skill set, don't they? Yeah. Not everyone was sent to be an imam or a hafid mm. or a mother or a father or whatever else it is. Mm. Everyone has their own position in community and society. Yeah. And it just seems so that in our society, medicine has high requirements to get into it. But mm. if everyone became a doctor, then who would do everything else? Who would be the dentist and who would be the lawyer and who would be yeah. the caretaker and the teacher? So... Um, it, it is difficult to get into, but it no. doesn't mean that it's yeah, any yeah. different to any other career. But we work hard, other people work hard, and it's the same thing. Alhamdulillah. No, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And, um, and of course, it's such a, like, it's, it's such a noble job to have, mashallah. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's highly looked up to, especially in our community. It's mm, like, yeah, number one on the list is like, are you going to become a doctor or are you going to become something else, right? Um, why, do you think, why do you think that is? And I'm, I might ask you a controversial question in the sense that, a lot of you know there's i i've met a lot of people as well that they've kind of gone into it because of that expectation mm. from family and from from parents etc right like oh you know i want my child to become a doctor so would you say that you know now it's something that i've always wanted to do or would you say that there is a kind of expectation there there is a pressure there getting into it what would you guys say i think there is that expectation but yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's always a mix of reasons. Um, mm. The question that you're asking is actually probably the favourite question in a medicine interview. Really? When anyone comes in, it's, why medicine? <laughs> okay. And honestly, probably even I can't answer it myself. You you can find doctors and ask them the same question. Yeah. And years and years on, they'll be like, <clears throat> and it's always a mixture of reasons. Mm. You find the odd person every now and then, they have this kind of burning desire that as soon as they were a toddler, you know, they had their first <laughs> little like uh, plastic stethoscope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then from that day... They knew, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. wanted to be a doctor. But most people, it's a combination of things. Mm. And from you, what you were saying, I think, with the pressure element, if that's the sole reason, and mm. I've seen, I've seen people like at my own university, and I'm sure Navid mm. can relate, that there are some people who have are at the university, they are intellectually kind of gifted and have the ability, and then what's pushed them is that pressure, maybe from family and friends and society, and when they get to university, it the course itself becomes overwhelming. Mm. You know, we were talking about, oh, it's not so bad, it's not so intense. But if your only motivation is outside pressure, yeah, yeah, it's you sitting that exam. Mm. And in that moment, that pressure dissipates and it's just something that you really don't want to do. And yeah. it makes it more, it makes it harder for you. Yeah. But for myself, I think over the years, like around the A-levels time, you know, mm. I, I began like considering it and I actually started working in a hospital f- for a year in between mm. not actually getting rejected from medicine. And then at that point, it solidified, like, this is where I want to work and uh, what I want to do. Yeah. So Alhamdulillah, I have <clears throat> that kind of reasoning for pushing towards doing mm. medicine. Well, what's your story? <laughs> um, I think to answer Shabir's question first, before yeah. I answer your questions, like, um, <laughs> I think there are some different reasons why I think if you think about it from a Deeni perspective, um, they say the best knowledge after the knowledge of Deen is the knowledge of medicine to heal people, to help people. And then even there are so many hadith on the benefits of helping others and serving others in yeah. a sense of health wise to save a life is that like you save the 
best of my, all of mankind mm. and people talk about that a lot and i think maybe culturally there is that 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 ba- that background to it that actually it's a really really good thing to do in our um mm. religion but at the same time there's all the job security and that probably encourages people to apply for it yeah. but leading on from what zakaria <clears throat> said that if people enter the career for that reason there's no way that you could stay in the career for that reason mm. <clears throat> because even now that i'm working i see that there's an extra level of ihsan needed to do your job well mm. and to enjoy your job because otherwise it just turns into a list of people that have problems and you can't be bothered and you don't want to help them but actually when you think about the fact that you're there to help them at their time of need mm. that you will make a difference for example i was at work yesterday and i finished everything up about an hour early but then i thought actually my patients are going to be there over the weekend they're going to have limited medical support and it's about the fact that you your dean pushes you that much bit more to go around check on them all see if there's anything pressing see if they're okay for the weekend and mm. then you go home content and thinking that actually you tried your best mm. and that's you going further and actually caring about what your career is there for and what it means mm. that's a really good point so it, it gives a better insight yeah. into, into that uh, where i think it's interesting is though like what i the feel that i've been involved in <clears throat> the feel that you guys in those mm. completely different i feel like there's a lot of parallels and similarities yeah. in the sense that the duration for example that you have to study 100%. right uh, the intensity <laughs> of it as well um and even things like getting pushed into it because yeah. either if like you know a parents like kind of aspiration for their child yeah. is okay a doctor that would be amazing or like half of the quran on alim right 100% and again i've come across so many people in in the field that i'm in where they've i could see they've been pushed into it is that expectation mm. that pressure from family uh, and they they like they have to memorize the quran uh, but you can see that you can see like the after the the result it might be that they've achieved that they've memorized but then they don't have any interest in it and you know again like what navid you were saying how when they go about their job it's it's different because they're not seeing it as oh this is something yeah. i wanted to do and something i want to continue doing it's more like oh it's just it's where i am now you know so i think there's a lot of similarities and we'll come back to the similarities but let's talk about something which a lot of <clears throat> students young people and people in general have to face in life which is rejection right um and coming to for example you know back to the question about getting into medical school is it is it is it easy um both of you have had to face your fair share of rejections mm. getting in uh, i remember when navid when you mashallah you graduated uh, you put up a post on facebook uh, which i had a read of and I, I was like amazed i was like wow subhanallah you know there's because one thing that you highlighted was that everyone sees the success everyone mm. will see the end result oh mashallah this person's a doctor this person's achieved this but they don't know the struggles in between um so tell us a bit about your struggles uh, how many rejections did you face initially let's um, let's find out so in life or <laughs> oh let's let's sense? start let's start with <laughs> where do we start <laughs> let's start with medical school Categorize yeah. um so to get into medical school i actually Yeah, I got four rejections to start off with. Four rejections. It was actually worse because there were three rejections and one waiting list. So the okay. waiting list, I had to wait until results day, and yeah. I was really happy with my results, but then I just phoned them and they were like, "Oh, it's a rejection by the way." So Ooh. So this um, is what, like four different universities. Yeah, four different mm-hmm. universities. Wow. And how did you take that initially? I think I think if we go backwards. Mm. Um Allah made things very easy for me different mm. times of my life and I think 
it was probably developing maybe an arrogant person, someone who was overly confident. Mm. And um, even when I speak to my friends, because I'm still quite close to some of my friends that I've known yeah. since I was maybe 11 years old, so who were through with me through that journey. And you see that if I hadn't had those rejections, maybe I would have been a very different person today. Okay. So even <clears throat> when I was at school, I was meant to... I was. I thought I was going to get into the top universities like Oxford, Cambridge, yeah. and I thought it'd be an easy path for me. So even when I applied, I applied very confidently. I didn't even look at anywhere else. I thought I'd go to one, two, or three, and it's difficult at the time because I think some of the rejections came through at the same time. So I remember one day I just got two emails: one at nine o'clock, one at eleven o'clock. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, another one, another one, but. Um, I think at the time it was just, it really humbled me because it just showed me that I could think I was anything in the world and mm. the people will think you're anything in the world. But mm. what really depends is what Allah has written for you and you don't have control over that. And mm. also you might think you're as special as you are or as clever as you are or whatever else it is, but there's always someone better because mm. the reason I didn't get into it was because there was someone better than me yeah. and it humbles you again and again. And if I didn't learn that lesson, then I probably would have struggled a lot more later on when I had to learn that lesson yeah and it's the same in deen isn't it because yeah. what they say is you you learn one one part of fiqh and you think you're the expert but then you learn the next yeah. part and the next part and the next part and they say it's the same thing where it yeah. just humbles you all the time yeah yeah and it's it's it's, it's amazing because you know like you said like you you learned a lesson from mm. that um and that's basically what we're supposed to do in, in life yeah. when there's a difficulty mm-hmm. or hardship we're always supposed to look at the, the positive of it yeah. uh, because, you know, it's like the verse in the Quran where you think something is really good for you, but actually it's not. Yeah. Or sometimes you think something is actually bad, but Allah knows that there's there's khayr in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just life. Like that summarizes life for us. Yeah. Whereas like things happen in life, we think, oh, you know, Allah's not, he's not listening to my mm-hmm. prayers or something. But actually there's there's some good at the end of it. So, okay, that's interesting. We'll, we'll come back to that. So, Zach, did you, did you have a similar, or did you slide into <laughs> medical school easily? No, so I think... I can relate to a lot of what yeah. Navid said. Actually, the first time around again, when I applied, yeah. um, I had two interviews. But then after the interviews, uh, I got rejection. So from f- the four universities I applied to. Mm. But I think additional to in that moment and how it kind of affects you and, and the character mm. building that you undergo. I think the opportunities that opened up for me because of those rejections, mm. I didn't even think about. And, you know, it's this kind of cliche, I guess. A lot of people say, you know, Allah is the best of planners. And we sometimes forget mm. or don't understand how that is because I want to get into medicine. Surely that is the best thing yeah, for me. Yeah. Like what more can I learn from it and so on. And actually when I was faced with uh, not having any kind of offers to go to university that year, it was like, mm. what do I do? And I made the decision, actually, let me try again. I'll try again next year. Yeah. But then now I have a one year gap in between yeah. to fill and it happened that I started working in like a hospital as like a support worker. Mm. So it's like similar to a nurse, but you haven't gone to university and you're yeah. kind of helping patients day to day. And during that year, I learned a lot more about just interacting with people and kind of mm-hmm. caring for them in that moment without having pressure of being a doctor or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. And just a lot of people skills and working full time. And when I went to university and I met people who had got straight into <clears> uni, yeah. I I saw, I don't know if it was like, you kind of see a naivety in people, like Mm. they've gone straight from uni. I'm like, I would have been that individual as well, not criticizing them, but as in, I would have been that person. 
I've gone, I've done always done well in my exams, mm. got straight through kind of uh, secondary school, college, now straight into university, you know, got into medicine. And like you said, there's all these kind of things around that. Mm. Like, but having that year and just seeing everyone actually, the skills, those skills that I didn't even think about. Mm. Allah, he gave me the opportunity to gain, kind of gain those skills yeah, without yeah. me even asking for it. And I think that really makes that real for me when, you know, mm. when we say Allah is the best planner, it's actually, this is an example that I didn't, I had no plan for this. Yeah, but yeah. Alhamdulillah, in the end, uh, I actually gained from it and benefited from. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing to hear that. I mean, you know, when you when you are, it's natural, obviously, in life, you're going to face rejections, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that are listening, whether it's, you know, in their careers, job-wise, or as students, right? What is, it, what is the best way to bounce back from a rejection? Or is it what you guys are, are kind of saying is that, when you are rejected, does that mean that? Because you know, there's 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 a fine line between just kind of saying, you know what, forget it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave it at that, uh, or those who are gonna try again, or those who are in the middle and they're like, I'll oh, just leave it to Allah and not do anything. You know, oh, it's Allah's plan. So, what would you, what would you say is the best kind of you know response when it comes to being rejected in life? I don't do you have a deep kind of question? It's a really <laughs> deep question. There isn't one straight answer yeah, for that, course. and I think. You have to look at your first, your personal situation. Yeah. The first thing is you have to <clears throat> give yourself time to come to terms with it because mm. whether or not you think it's big or small does impact how you're going to feel about the next thing. Mm. Either your confidence will knock down or you feel not you're, you're not good enough or there can be so many other things associated with it. Yeah. You might have been relying, for example, if it's a job, you might be relying financially on getting that job or whether it's marriage, something that people come to maybe later in life or maybe at that age as well Mm. and it might knock them down and it might make them feel really worthless or helpless so I think you have to give yourself time to deal with it and know how to deal with it and I think this is something I'm working in psychiatry at the moment but I think it's really important that people learn to understand themselves in a safe space whether that's with trusted friends and family members or whether that's trained therapists because they do amazing work Mm. and there's no harm in reaching out because I think what got me through those tough times was the fact that I did have a really supportive family yeah. and they kind of pushed me back up. And I had some really supportive teachers at school who kind of, I remember one teacher saying to my parents that <clears throat> like, he'll get into anything, like just, just have patience and wait. Yeah. And it's, you just need those reassuring words from people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And once you've been able to come to terms with it, I think that's when you start looking at how you can make the best out of a tough situation. Like Zakaria, he got a job. And I remember I got a job, but I also traveled a little bit and I enhanced my CV. And um, I also got into some stuff that probably paved the way for what I did later on at university. So mm-hmm. like Zakaria said, I realized that it opened many more doors for me. Yeah. And I only realized that looking back maybe, what, six or seven years later. But I think mm-hmm. at the time, you have to come to terms with it somehow. And you have to do things that, like self-care. It sounds as cliche as it is, but it's mm. really, really important to kind of get that right, get your house in order, and then go out and see what else you can do. Yeah, yeah. Good tips. Zach, what would you say? Rejection. I don't think I've got much to add. I think we've covered it more. <laughs> yeah. But I think to maybe even summarise this part, is the balance between having the practical element as well as faith. Yeah. You know, people saying, oh, just just have faith in Allah you know just believe mm. but you need to have that practical element and yeah. we've seen that in throughout whether it's the sunnah or the history wherever we yeah. see it when, even when Allah gifts something to someone 
he asks for action or something yeah. to be done alongside that as well mm. and i guess that's probably the best approach for this yeah yeah uh, you know uh, so i actually faced a rejection like just over a year ago so it's it's funny because um i finished my whole alimi after like six yeah. years and then again you know you think okay yeah i've done six years <laughs> yeah, that's it. it like i can i can get into whatever now yeah uh, so i applied for a masters Uh, bearing in mind that I've never done it, I've never been to university, so mm-hmm. I went from A levels yeah. straight into Alimia. So I've I've never really formally been to university, right? And I don't have a degree, so I remember I applied for an MA, and it wasn't even at a, like a proper university. It was like more of like an institute, but they mm-hmm. but they you know they they accredited and yeah. give MAs, right? And I applied thinking this is a stroll in the park, <laughs> yeah. right? And literally, I got a rejection, and I remember that was a wake up call. I was like. Why would I like? Why would I get rejected for from from here, thinking that oh you know I, I've got the skills I've got the yeah. uh, you know I've got the necessary uh, requirements to get in, um, and it, again like you know that that feeling of yeah it humbles you, um, but I would also say at the same time that if you just give up at that moment in time, then it's you're wasting your own time as well because you've missed out on something. Mm. So when when you're faced with a rejection in life, that's not it's not like a, a bolted. iron door which yeah. means that there's no entry now it's just it's an obstacle which you just need to mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. over and obviously there's a lesson from that so alhamdulillah i remember that <clears throat> obviously you know i made dua and uh, and i was like, okay let me let me try it again but not at the same place in fact i i ended up applying for uh, warwick university and uh, another ma there mm-hmm. which is obviously it's like it's a renowned university and alhamdulillah i got into that one which was strange for me because I, like, i didn't get here <laughs> but i got into warwick so but that again shows that allah had something better uh, mm. in store yeah. um because you know you made dua and you try again um but i feel like maybe a lot of people when it comes to rejections it's you know everyone of course has different traits and personalities right so when you're faced with rejection some people could take it you know mm. it, it could be quite heavy on them uh, and they might not try but yeah I, f- i feel like these stories should you know inspire people who are listening and watching yeah. um to definitely try again uh, if if they are faced with rejections because that is the nature of life you're going to have to overcome that you know so but yeah gone and i think with my facebook post it's one of the yeah. things about social media isn't it that <clears throat> that's it i I use social media quite a lot. I I do enjoy it, but mm. I think one of the things I hate about it is it skews your mental perception of what people are up to in mm. life and you just think that because people are posting about their weddings and jobs yeah. and eating out all the time that everyone has a perfect life. But yeah. obviously mm-hmm. like there are other aspects to it. Like maybe some people are posting because they're showing off, maybe some people are posting because they don't want to complain mm. and um maybe other people are posting to spread positivity. Mm. So you don't know what people's intentions are but yeah. it kind of gives you that positive image. And I think when I was going through difficult times, you realize that it was you feel like you're alone sometimes or you feel like you're the only one struggling. Mm. But alhamdulillah I had a good support network around me, but I think that's when I shared my graduation post, I just wanted to be real about it at the same time. And yeah. it's not to say I would have been false if I didn't share all of that information, but I thought that actually if it helps someone in their f- difficult time pushes mm. them and motivates them to see that actually everyone goes through this and it's yeah. part and parcel of life which i guess once upon a time you would have known because you had a better community mm. and it wasn't just what you saw of someone on social media but yeah. um 
it it makes a difference doesn't it when you go through that time by yourself definitely definitely it makes a huge difference let's move on to maybe something a bit more positive <laughs> mm. because we have to do, we have to of course talk about you know the struggles uh, and and it doesn't end there of course there were many struggles that both faced you know mm. during even during your study it, was, it wasn't the case that you got in and that was it everything was just smooth after that uh, there's a lot of struggles along the way but one thing I, I really wanted to discuss was how you know now you're studying um, and you know you're away from family and you know yeah. you're, you're busy with with your studies mm-hmm. now uh, and again you know it's 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 quite intense um but coming back to the question that, that was at the beginning that you know do you have time to do other things now the question would be what other things did you you both get involved in um during your studies um and you know where did that kind of did that did you feel like the, what you did on the side also shaped you to help you become who you are today over the years um let's talk about it because there's so many different yeah. aspects of it right so i guess one thing that both of you have in common is getting involved in charity week mm. right which is not not too far away now no, right not too long away uh, inshallah um but the yeah trailer was released yesterday yeah yeah, yeah. trailer was released, <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about charity week and um you know what was the beginnings in charity week or you can even begin actually even with isox yeah Yes, yeah, as well. Before the charity journey, I think I don't know about you, but I first heard about <laughs> yeah. charity obviously in the Islamic society from the ISIL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I guess that's where it started for me in university. Okay. And before university, I guess I knew I didn't really know much about ISOCs like yeah. oh, there's a society where the Muslims come together, okay. Yeah. Probably something interesting to like yeah, yeah. get involved with or like kind of see you know go along to. So mm-hmm. then when I first started, everyone, there's like a fair usually with the stalls and stuff like that mm-hmm. of the different societies. And that's the point that I found, okay, this is where the ISOC is. And you sign up yeah. and and kind of come along to to the events. I guess that was just, like, for me, the awareness side. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the involvement, started really around when they started doing events, more so like Charity Week, where you could actually go along and volunteer, not just kind of, you know, go go see eat food and then go home again and one thing i guess that i think i did and then i would advise other people to do if they're interested in actually actively getting involved in things Mm. is the fact that when you go to events and you've probably had it when you have an event and you bring guests in you want them to have the best experience so Mm. you want them to do nothing right you want them to come in, yeah. sit down, I'll get you whatever you want. And then mm. you just talk and uh, chat amongst yourselves. Mm. But I find that really boring. I don't know. <laughs> I, for me, what I, I enjoy getting involved in doing something. Yeah. And um, So they have a yeah. nickname for Zachariah for this. This is oh, the reason yeah. I have a nickname for him. And is, um, when I first met Zachariah, they said, oh, this is Zach, no chill Rob. So it probably makes sense yeah, to yeah. why they call him Nochal Rob because no this chill. is the type of person he is. <laughs> but I think it, why I want to mention it is actually so we there was bucket collection. So you go out, they give you yeah. a bucket. Um, I think it was the tube stations or something. And the extent of that is the people organizing it. They'll give you everything you need and they'll give you a spot to go to it and you raise mm-hmm. you know raise what you can. And then obviously at the end of that, it usually ties up. You give the bucket back to the individual and then that's it, I'm going home. Yeah. But then I was like, you know, where are you going now? And I thought I'll follow him along. And obviously he went to like, going back to the student union and they have to count all the money that everyone's yeah. raised and then fill in checks and all of that business. So I kind of followed him along. And, and after that point, then I realized actually the following day, he started messaging me, 
oh, do you want to come help out at, rather than, oh, you coming to the event, you know, can you come help out at this or whatever? Yeah. And that was really where the journey of not just attending the events, but actually getting involved and becoming someone who can do a little bit more. Mm. And I guess if you think about it, you can gain more agile, you can make, gain more reward yeah. from merely not just attending the event, but you're, you're helping mm. set it up and yeah. providing for the experience for those individuals. Interesting. So how, how many, years have, how many to, years have you been involved now? In, in it's been about five years, I think. Yeah, just, just over five, five years. years. So I'm in my sixth year at university. So just, okay. so say, just five over years. five years, yeah. So how does it work? So when you started, you were just what, like a, a volunteer? Yeah. So and like in terms of, like I said, in that first year, you can yeah. usually just attend events. Yeah. But you you can also get involved a little bit more. And then yeah. from the following years, and, and Naveed probably say the same as in, the following once you've got an understanding of the society and what's going yeah. on, then the, they be there's like a AGM, you know, there's roles open for people to go to, and you mm-hmm. can kind of apply. And then that's where it, I started with the charity role, kind of okay, I'll organize the events yeah. for charity on my campus the following year. So they call it like the charity rep okay. role. Yeah, interesting. And now, what what would you what would you class what what team are you part of now? So now, Alhamdulillah, for the charity organization. Yeah. Um, I'm part of the international team as well. Um, I feel like maybe we need to explain what charity is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Naveed, that as well. Uh, all Naveed three of us, do. we kind of know. But yeah, let's come to Naveed then. Maybe you can go into in more detail on, on, on Charity Week. Yeah, so Charity Weeks was founded by another doctor, actually, um, yeah. about 17, 18 years ago. <clears throat> We're 18? getting him on, by the way. Oh, He's coming on very soon, inshallah. So, so um, it was founded by him. Um, sorry, I'm getting old. I think it's 15 years ago. Yeah. 15 years ago. So... The aim of it was that, alhamdulillah, we've touched on this a little bit already, that we have so many Muslims in the UK, alhamdulillah, Mm. now, but also around the world in different communities. But the community structure is breaking down. What we have now is we have isolated fragments, units of people. And when you're going through a tough time, it can be really bad because people are alone. But not even that, it's the fact that there's no voice, there's no identity. People go through struggles in the deen and there's no support system for them. Mm. And... One of the reasons that we have that is because there's a growing lack of unity mm. where before the Ummah would come together, there'd be a community system, there'd be that support network, it was slowly falling apart. And you have amazing work being done in Islamic societies. But one of the amazing things that you do see is you see more unity than you would probably see in your local masjid or your mm. youth group or yeah. in your local community <clears throat> where there might be many more Muslims, but you see them much less, there's less interaction. Mm. So... That's where Charity Week was founded. It was kind of to increase the sense of unity at university within the ISOCs. And that meant making ISOCs more inclusive, bringing all of the Muslims together under one banner, just mm. because we believe in La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And it's just the core principles of Islam. But it's not just about universities, because the impact of Charity Week, it's aims to unite people from the grassroots level. Mm. And the aim is to reach everyone, every single person around the world, and all on the same cause. So that's that's the aim of Charity Week, to unite people. And the way we unite people is through a week of charity. Mm. It's a Charity Week. And through that week of fundraising, it happens all around the world, in one week, at one time, where people are wearing the same T-shirts, mm. with the same videos, same banners, and buckets, bucket collections and cake sales might begin mm. in California, and they go on all day long, because as the time zones switch, 
it spreads across the six countries and it's just beautiful to see mashallah and it's growing so that's the so that's the thing because obviously alhamdulillah like i've i've always I've always been a keen you know supporter yeah. of of Chadwick and try to get involved however i can and it's just been amazing to see i think the biggest achievement is what you've just mentioned the unity yeah. but on top of that obviously you have the 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 amount that is raised you know yeah. the collective amount that's mm-hmm. i think that's beautiful to see you know like at the uh, you know when it's when it's announced of the totals like yeah. all these different countries which is made up of smaller mm. institutions coming together and you know over the years much like surpassed the million pound mark How in a week that? like to mm-hmm. raise a million pounds and these are like and and this is the thing this was interesting is that it's not really so much the students themselves that have donated mm-hmm. Because students, you know what it's like <laughs> yeah. to be a student, right? You know, you don't have much in your pocket. But it's the fact that they've they've put in their collective time and efforts and mm-hmm. then gone out and reached out to a wider kind of audience yeah. to get that money in. And then like over a million pounds in one week. It's it's, it's amazing to see. Um, so, of, so, of course, Naveed, you've also been involved in Charity Week yeah. now. Um, how many years? Six years, I think. Six years. Yeah, I joined the team in 2014, so it's my sixth year. Okay, awesome. And are you also, you must be part of, what's your role now? Um, I'm the Vice International Director. Vice International, okay. One of them, because there are two others, alhamdulillah. Okay, and what what does that even involve? Like, you're saying international team, so what would that that involve? (laughs) Is it a lot of meetings, a lot of, what would you say, planning, strategy? Yeah, (laughs) so you probably hit the nail on the head. Yeah, (laughs) really, okay. So... It's institutions do the actual groundwork. So yeah. they're the ones organizing the events, mm. fundraising and, and getting volunteers on the ground involved. Yeah. But who provides the institution the direction of what week is it going to be in? What mm. do you do with the money once you've raised it? Where's the T-shirts coming from? Yeah. So then there'll be a team locally within that region that provide that advice to them. Mm. And then it's like, how do all of the teams in different regions know what they're doing? So there's a national team and then eventually you get it to an international team who mm. coordinate between the countries in terms of, uh, you know, they know what's going on. So that's really it. So I think it changes from fundraising mm. when you're on the ground fundraising to more strategy to then people management and ensuring everyone's trained with the right skills to to do that. Okay. I, I wanted to ask a, a very a quick question, like, just maybe even you know even away from chat week or also yeah. the chat week you know you're you're involved in international team now right um and whatever it is whether it's you're involved with islamic societies or other small charity initiatives right like how much of your time did that take up because again it's not just medicine because <laughs> it's not just medicine because obviously students studying even anything else right law or whatever yeah. else it might be obviously everyone's busy everyone needs to study they need to dedicate a good amount of time to their studies how much time would something like that take up? And, you know, did you find time? You know, how, how was that whole thing? Cause I, th- the- I think you'll always find time for something if yeah. it's important enough <clears throat> for you. And it's the same thing. If you ask someone, oh, did you watch that new series on Netflix? And they'll say, oh, it was so good. I watched it all night long. Mm. And I finished it by the time the morning came. And if you talk to people, people have watched Friends. It's a series with, I don't know how many seasons, like 13 <laughs> seasons and... 20 yeah. episodes in each one and they've, they've watched it numerous times over and over again and that's mm. days and days of false on-the-go yeah. streaming so I think that sort of question is a fair question to ask but I think it shouldn't matter mm. and if you care enough about something you'll always make time for it but I think it's hard to approach that when you don't care about it mm. and maybe when you're starting off with different activities you are worried about how much time you'll have for your studies and your family yeah. and your friends 
And I think that's where, when you start looking into it, you have half an hour here, half an hour there, 20 minute pocket here, 20 minute pocket there. And I think one of your previous guests, Salah, um, yeah. Salah talked really, really eloquently about how to manage your time. Mm. And I think when you start looking at how you manage your time and there's someone called Productive Muslim, he's written an amazing yeah. book and he delivers a course on this as well. Yeah. And when you start looking at things like that, you realize that actually there's lots and lots of time in your day. Mm. But um, a couple of hours a week can probably get you very, very far yeah. and yeah. help you do a lot. Yeah. I would also add, like in terms of the, on the flip side, not just the time that it takes, but by becoming involved in something like Islamic society or charity or something, yeah. what's the effect that it has on the on your studying time? Yeah, yeah in yeah. terms of, <laughs> I've seen people uh, like, if you don't have anything outside, then you're in university or wherever you are, college, during the day, and then you go home, and the only thing on your mind is obviously doing more work and revision yeah. and stress and and so on. And that can only go on for so long until you effectively bur- be burnt out mm-hmm. from that. But if you have something else to do, then actually you can become more efficient in your revision. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think for myself even, I wouldn't say I'm the best student by any means, yeah. but I find that I can cover some content in a smaller amount of time, not because I want to, but because I'm limited in time because I know or I need to catch up on yeah, a meeting yeah. or I need to do this. So then I've got X amount of time left for my studies. Mm. But Alhamdulillah, there's some barakah in there yeah. that just allows me to cover it. Yeah. So I think one of you saying, obviously, the time itself is flexible <clears throat> and you'll want to do it. Yeah. But then by putting in your time into worthwhile activities, it mm. has an effect on your studying time where it makes that more efficient, I think, and puts some goodness in yeah. that as well. Like, wouldn't you say, that, you know, like... Obviously, it all sounds a bit crazy. Some people listening might be like, oh my God, like, you know, studying medicine and then <laughs> mm-hmm. doing all this stuff on the side. You barely get any time to yourself. But wouldn't you say that during those years of being a student or at university, that is the best time to do all of that? Because once you've graduated, once mm. you've got a job and once you're, once you're married, obviously things things change and you have to give, you know, you, you're more limited in time. Not to say again that you don't have the time, mm-hmm. right? Because it just comes back to the same thing we're speaking about. But wouldn't you say those student years are those years where you should just go all out? What do you think? 100%. Yeah. It's the best time of your life. And yeah. the reason it's probably the best time of my life is because I got involved in so many different things. Yeah. I met so many different people. I would never would have met Zachary yeah. otherwise. Yeah. met him. And I wouldn't have met you too. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't exactly. have met you either. <laughs> um, we met through the same, yeah. the same networks. And it's... Why would you why would you deny yourself that opportunity? Mm. And um, if if nothing else, you start things. It's not as if Zachary and I went to university or even before university and we just <clears throat> jumped into something really big exactly. that yeah. required a large commitment. You kind of ease yourself in mm. and you know where your own boundaries are. And it's even like me, I started work and I've taken a little step back to help yeah. myself adjust. And you build relationships where you have that flexibility <clears throat> where when you need to step back, mm. you step back and when you have a bit more time, you give more time. Mm. But I think it's really important that you commit at least a small amount of your time. And it's a commitment that you don't let go of because once you do let go, you, you're losing that opportunity for Sadaq Ajariya, for Khair. Yeah. And it's difficult to pull them back into your life later on. Mm. Even, for, like, even for me, I, I feel like personally that, you know, I always say that during those student years, you need to get involved in something yeah. that will 
that will help you it will build something you know whether it's it was it's people skills that we've spoken yeah. about whether it's you know just in general you know building getting to know people networking because it, it always will help you afterwards mm-hmm. there's always something you know obviously you don't go into something like charity yeah expecting you know a great return right mm-hmm. but just knowing that getting involved in something you know uh, in your own spare time it will always help you later so if anything like most of the stuff that i'm involved in now are you know post studies yeah. it's only because i was involved in it prior like even this ilmfeed podcast for example like how did i how how am i presenting something it's only because during my my studies i just i just took the a leap of faith and i was like you know i like i like presenting so I just went on TV and I started, literally, that's how, that's how I started. I'm presenting on a, a TV set. Yeah, literally, like, yeah, yeah, give me a show to present, right? No, but obviously it's to do with a network as well. You know yeah. you know someone, you you, sh- you express your interest. Yeah. And again, it comes back to this, you know, this fear of rejection or failure. Yeah. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to turn around and say no. And it's, then yeah. just carry on. Like, what was the worst that happened? You didn't lose out on money. You didn't lose out on anything. Yeah. It's just a no. That's so you just have to be, like, brave enough. So for me, it was like, let me try it out. And that was during my studies. I remember it was really early on. Uh, I'll tell you the story, right? It's, and the, the TV show uh, channel wasn't as new at the time. Okay. So it's not like a well-known TV channel. So I remember sitting there and uh, I literally got there. It was a, it was a, it was like a late night one. Uh, it was a Q&A program with Sheikh Shams al mm-hmm. right? Oh, I think I remember this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> and, and, and so it's, I remember just bearing in mind, I've never presented on TV before. Yeah. Um, and I got there. Uh, I remember the show was supposed to start at 10 p.m. I got there like an hour early thinking that I'm going to be trained <laughs> thinking that I'm going to get there and the producers are going to tell me what to do and everyone's going to be like guide me step by step waiting 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 it's like 9.45 9.50 and I'm sitting there and the camera's all on the lights Ready. are all on me yeah? and, and then Sheikh, the Sheikh walks in and then all that happened I kid you not is that the main guy he walked in through the door and he was like Shabir, are you right? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, alhamdulillah. He's like, you got this, and he walked out. <laughs> I didn't even know how to introduce the show. I don't know what to say. It was just, and all I can hear in my ear is, right, one minute left, three, two, one. If I could have just froze at that moment and be like, uh, I don't know what to say. I was just like, assalamualaikum warahmatullahi and I and I introduced the show, uh, and it was because of that, that alhamdulillah now. You know, like I'm presenting on other other TV yeah. ch- channels and this podcast, etc. But I've had to build that skill. So that's just like a basic example. Yeah. Um, so coming back to what we're saying is that it's those student years. Yeah. So student years is what you do. It will definitely, it will definitely um, sh- shape you as to who you are. Exactly I think one thing I want to add as well is in terms of there's an impact during those years, and you're saying actually yeah. there's opportunities that come from mm. it. From an Islamic perspective, one of the things is depending on what career you're going into, mm. if it is just generally, you know, uh, in the business sector, public sector, wherever it is, yeah. not an Islamic organization. So finishing university, you're going to start working there. There may not be very like a lot of mus- Muslims working mm. with you and you may not have that environment where in university, you know, after lectures. Someone's like, oh, I'm going to pray the whole now. Are you coming along? And then you go along to them, you know, mm. with them. When you're at work, you may not have that individual. There may be even yeah. Muslims around you, mm. but they won't be the ones <clears throat> pulling you yeah, towards yeah. Salah. And if you are able to establish something during university where you're involved in a project that can go beyond university, yeah. then that might be the thing that pulls you back. I think mm. I've spoken to a lot of doctors, of the ones that I've graduated on, 
and they say they miss that community feel yeah. in when they're in hospital it's so busy as well no yeah. one's there to remind you about salah or even just no. you know going over quran whatever it may yeah. be uh, but because they're involved in some organization maybe or somewhere where there's even a reminder shared for five minutes mm. that's their nugget of like islam or like mm. tarbiyah something coming back to them and if you can get that in university you're not only are you preparing for your career you're saying actually inshallah there's something as well kind of maintaining that dini yeah. element but one thing i want to add with that is you may be like okay fine i get that i understand that yeah and i was involved with a few different things so like obviously i talk charity and a few other kind of things it was like okay if i kind of try to keep up all of them yeah then hopefully something will obviously come through yeah, surely yeah, when i course. start working yeah. but i spoke to a brother and he gave really good piece of advice that he said if you're involved with say five six things whatever it is and then the time struggles family all of this comes mm. after you've graduated all of those little ones you're not invested in any mm. 100% so then what you'll see is you'll drop all of them mm. whereas if you incline to one and you build into one organization or something then actually because that is means something for you you're invested in it mm-hmm. then when those struggles come you may kind of lighten the load but hopefully or inshallah there'll be a higher chance that you maintain the relationship with that one organization or that one project yeah. that can keep up the reminders and therapy for you mm. so actually <clears throat> in this sense one thing is not kind of having you know trying to loads of things try early on in university but then as you get on through the years try to hone down on one thing you think that's yeah. really important to you and that you can give your skill set and and gain the most from as well yeah and and keep that up inshallah it's funny because it's, it's all it, it just really, it's this is all so familiar even with me like my teachers gave me the same advice mm. I, was, I was trying to get involved in too many things you know you get overly excited <laughs> yes, and zealous like no and it, it's with a good intention a lot of the times like no I want to help out as much as I can or do this mm. want to go to this event I want to volunteer here uh, but my teachers are like listen you're just going to you're going to completely burn yourself out uh, and the same thing they were like you're never actually going to give it do it justice and do it sound yeah, to yes, it. Yeah. Exactly. It's just going to be a half-hearted job at the end of the day. So you feel impressed by the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I managed to do. So it it comes back to, you know, similar discussions we've had in the past about, you know, being busy and then being productive. Mm-hmm. There's always that thing, right? Where, you know, it feels good being busy like oh, every every well, I've got once I've got stuff to <laughs> yes. do, right? But half what of that stuff achieved? is not even important yeah. or it's not benefiting anyone. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that 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 comes to fruition at the end of it. Um, but all of this stuff is really important what we're discussing why because I tell you that you probably know that a lot of students when they apply to uni uh, this is like romanticized idea oh I'm going to be independent now and I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to go to uni <laughs> and I'm going to do I'm just going to chill and go out and stuff like that but the reason why all this is important is because to show you that long term if getting involved in something whether it's with uh, you know charity or isoc etc it's going to have a long term kind yeah, of like mm-hmm. impact and and benefit. So all of this stuff is really really good. Uh, on that note because there's a lot of students going to university um and you guys mashallah have, have been there not just for 2 3 years but <laughs> you know 5 6 years, right? years. Yeah, too many years. Um did you get did you by the way spend more than that? Like did you have to like retake along yeah, the way? Yeah, I retook a year so it was really? um I did a masters in one year. So it was 5 6 7 years. 7 years. Wow. Alhamdulillah. Wow. Okay. So on that so on that with that being said, um what would your advice be to let's say say someone who's ready to yeah. to go to university has just been accepted now fresh as week and all of that. 
what kind of tips or piece of advice would you give? Okay, so I'm I'm going to go back to my gap year. <clears throat> yeah. And in my gap year, I told you I had a job and I had a job at this really big pharmaceutical company. Mm. But my manager, my manager's manager's manager was a Muslim. <laughs> okay. Brother, um, he had a beard. Mm. He would go to pray, like all of his salahs in the prayer room on time. And we've developed a really good relationship. And I remember the day I was leaving, we had a meeting. He called me into his office and he said to me, he said, Naveed, make sure that your prayer mat is not just a piece of decoration on the wall. Yeah, he said, make sure your prayer mat is not just a piece of decoration on the wall. Mm. And that piece of advice stuck with me because mm. it was telling me to maintain salah. And mm. while I was working there, actually, that was a time in my life where I said to myself, I need to get serious now. Yeah. And he was an excellent role model for me in that sense. And when I came to university, I did follow that rule. And I thought to myself, OK, whatever happens, I'm not going to let go of my salah because it defines me as a Muslim. Yeah. And that was what led me to messaging on Facebook. Where's the prayer room? I need to go to the prayer room. And I went to the prayer room. And of course, you have expectations and your expectations aren't always met. And you think that it's going to be something, but it's not always yeah. the same thing. But the fact that I followed that one rule really helped me gravitate towards khair. And I think that's what Zachariah was recommending mm -hmm. earlier. So you need to set yourself rules and boundaries. Mm. And um, whether that's saying I'm never going to do ABC mm. or whether that's saying I'm always going to do XYZ, you need to set those rules and boundaries for yourself because when you go to university or when you start living independently, yeah. you do get pulled in all sorts of directions. Mm. And it's difficult to know what's right and what's wrong and what's okay to try and what isn't okay to try. And the scary thing is that you don't know how long something's going to last. Someone might say that they'll do something that might not be acceptable or might be wrong once, but they don't know if that might lead to a second time and third time. Mm. Whereas we know that the shaitan, that's how he draws people in. And at the same time, that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws you closer to him. Yeah. One one step towards khair means that you'll be taking 10 steps forward. Mm. So um, if you can have as many attachments to khair as possible and still explore and expand your horizons yeah. and really cross the limits <clears throat> within, within Islam, yeah. then you'll you'll really see and do some amazing things yeah no, that's an excellent piece of advice and i think um because you know like we say like we said that see, these years are of, of the yeah. best years of your life but at the same time they could also be detrimental they could like, be the worst could, years of your life they could be the worst yeah yeah and and i've heard both sides of, of the spectrum yeah. like you know people are like just haven't enjoyed it or it's gone completely wrong yeah. for them and then they've had to kind of you know fix themselves up at a later point mm. in life because those years went wrong and i think it is that element of you know having that independence and and thinking that uh, this you know i might as well enjoy it now yeah because <laughs> you know later i'm going to be no one's watching yeah yeah common. exactly isn't it yeah. yeah this is a common feeling i guess you is know it? we see it in our messages <clears throat> right we see the elders are the ones that are the most regular mm. in prayer and we're like okay i think i don't know where the kind of mindset originates from really but yeah. it's something that people see yeah. oh i'll do what i like now and mm. then eventually um you know I'll, I'll fix yeah. up. Yeah, I'll, yeah. But then, as, as <laughs> Make up said, for it when I get old. Yeah, but there's no guarantee of how long it is. And I think, actually, that one thing I noticed as well is whenever you start, say, a new organization, mm. uh, like even working in a new place, uh, things like Salah, go, having to ask for a break to go pray, you know, mm. things like that, become more difficult the longer you leave it. Yeah. Right? And just from, not even from an Islamic perspective, just from kind of... Uh, 
just a kind of social perspective. Yeah. You come along, you stay with your friendship group, you go for lunch or whatever. Maybe yeah. there's non-Muslims. A lot of us may have gone to like Islamic school or a community where there's a lot of Muslims. And then when we go to university, there's a lot of non-Muslims that don't even know about Islam or pray, you know, that you, you're expected to pray and so on. And you go along for lunch and then you go back to lectures and so on. And then say a few weeks later, you're like, okay, it's time to pray now. I guarantee you it will be more difficult for you to approach the subject or go away to pray mm. at that point. Because they'll question you. You're like, oh, I need to go pray because, you know, it's something in my religion. They will ask you like, oh, what about last week? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> did you go to pray then, right? Whereas from day one, if you're like, I need to get go to yeah, pray, yeah. it removes any, the, there might be some awkwardness that you feel in that moment. Yeah. But then after that, there's expectation. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're going to go to pray after we've eaten lunch. It's something that you do. We understand that. Yeah. yeah. And it makes things so 100%. much easier for you. And I found it, especially at work, you know, when you're working, you're at shift, you have to ask, maybe you're paired up with someone that you're working with. You have to obviously go yeah, to yeah. pray and maybe you feel awkward. But if you can overcome that step mm. and implement your principles, where your boundaries lie and things like that at yeah. the earliest moment, and actually it'll make it easier for you in the long run as well. Mm, I think that's one of the, I think a challenge for young Muslims, even today especially, as university students mm. is, you know, that carrying that Muslim identity yeah. is quite difficult, isn't it? Um, but you'll find that actually if you take the steps um, and, and, and you're kind of proud of it and, and yeah. you... And, and, and you embrace that and you have faith in Allah that actually you'll even find even like non-Muslims are so accommodating. Yes. You know, so, you might so expect subhanAllah like, yeah. no, 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 they're going to they're gonna think something of me. But like in the workspace, you, like if you ask from the beginning, like yeah. mm. like Zachary was saying that they'll actually be like, yeah, you know what, take an extra 10 minutes for your for your Friday prayers, go along. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, automatically I've met so many people they are like, no, I've just joined. I can't ask yeah. now because mm. it's asking for too much. And then actually when they ask, they're like, yeah, no problem with that. So and if I, anything, they respect you more because yeah, they think exactly. that this person has principles and they stand by it. Exactly. Sometimes people even say to me, "Pray for me as well, please." <laughs> <laughs> and I do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mashallah. Yeah. So I think identity is 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 key. But you know, on the other side of it, some some could argue, like people listening, they're like, "Oh, but you guys are lucky because you went to London. You're in London, mm. and in London, there's a you know large yeah. concentration of Muslims. What if I'm in a university where there's barely any Muslims around? There's not much going on. What advice would you give?" To those people because it's naturally it's going to be more difficult for them isn't it so what would you say i mean i, I was born so, in exeter right so <laughs> i know i know like it's it's complete different i'm interested to see you on a visa so i think yeah. i think before before i answer that i also yeah. wanted to add that when you're at university as well you mm. want to get involved with khair so we've talked about the aspects of building your jannah you're talking about the afterlife that you're building mm. by doing all of these activities and you want that tug but there's also another, the dunya aspect that you are developing so many skills that you will not even realize mm -hmm. because by getting involved with this society or that society, planning this event, or even just interacting with people, your yeah. communication skills, your um, critical thinking skills, your aspect and acceptance of diversity mm -hmm. goes up, up in a way that does not go in other places. For example, at my students' union, it seems that the Islamic society is achieving a lot more than so many other societies. Yeah. And it's not to say that they're doing the most work or the hardest work, but it's to say that it's the level of Islam that when people do the work, they mm. put into it. And so from that aspect that if you get involved with other societies, you're going to build your CV in a way that no one else has done before. Yeah. And I've written so many references for people. And when I write these references and people say thank you to me afterwards, and they got this job and that job, and it's only because 
they had so much to give and they yeah. learnt all of that while they were at university rather mm. than waiting till after they finished. And that goes on to answering your question about yeah. what do you do when you're alone? You think about the aspect of Jannah again. You're going to build something from scratch and mm. there's even more reward for that because 100%. if you stand up as a first Muslim, then the second one will come through and the third one will come through. And if you're the first person with a beard in that environment, then maybe someone else will want to keep one as well. I remember I went to a school with not many Muslims and I remember the first girl in my school to come away hijab it was a few years in and I was speaking to her brother recently so I randomly met this brother and he said oh my sister went to the same school and he started telling me how difficult it was for her to wear hijab yeah and then I told him I said but does she know that so many girls in that school started wearing hijab after that like so many other Muslim so, girls who who maybe they wanted to before but they felt more encouraged to because they saw another sister yeah. and it's the same when i went to that school no one had a beard um mm. and my beard didn't grow till after school anyway <laughs> but um i remember speaking to another brother and he was the first one to keep a beard and he had real issues at school because it mm. maybe wasn't tidy enough or neat yeah. enough but he's opened the door for so many other people and mm. that's what you have the pleasure and the honor of doing that allah has chosen you to build this community and mm. build the foundation of the scratch. pioneer basically mm -hmm. and everything to come will be in your books as well inshallah so yeah, yeah that's, take that's courage a that's a very good point first one first one to, there's more reward of yeah. course uh, like the prophet said that you know so you're directing so others to do good you're going to get the reward for for exactly. everyone else and i think that's a that's a great motivation to have yeah. going forward so do you want to add anything to that it's the main the main thing is flipping the mentality like you said yeah. see it as an opportunity as opposed yeah. to yeah. to a hindrance and and if you can do that then you unlock mm. the the kind of solution to it yeah yeah i think that's a great piece of advice so we have subhanallah because obviously our ilmfeed family is all, all over the world not just not just in the uk um alhamdulillah so i think that you know for those who have mm. alhamdulillah listened and tuned in to this episode um, I think there's great tips and piece of advice for yeah. students and not just for mm -hmm. students but I think in general you know people who um, have faced rejections or have faced difficulties I think it's kind of flipping it like we said having the, the yeah. right mindset um, you know as Muslims are always taught not to not to lose hope and to, to have like more of a positive mindset to have a positive outlook in life so alhamdulillah i think uh i think we've covered a lot and to be honest we could we could speak about so much more uh, but time <laughs> does not permit yeah. but i just want to thank you both jazakallah khairan to naveed and zakaria for joining us thank you and uh it's i've i've definitely learned a lot from you both and i wish you all the best and obviously we have tried to be coming up you guys are going to be busy, or you're already busy. <laughs> you've already been busy, mashallah, planning and everything. Zachary's like doing all the hard work. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Hashtag CW2019. <laughs> you know where to find it. <laughs> mashallah. May Allah bless you both, and uh, and all the best, inshallah. And Zakaria, we'll be calling you doctor soon as well, inshallah. <laughs> and I want to thank uh, all of our uh, viewers and listeners for tuning in once again. I hope you enjoyed, hope you benefited uh, from today's episode. Uh, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, find us on iTunes. Spread the word, inshallah. Spread the khair, and we'll be back with you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.